Baker and Brown's NBA Basketball Podcast is back. We are at a historical and a newly historical point in the NBA with the play-in tournament, shorter season, and honestly, just overall, a wild season in general. Uh, and today's guest, I'm joined all the way from Ireland uh, by my, my good friend here, Potty. Potty, bro, thanks for coming on. No problem, bro. Anytime. Yeah, so let's get right to it. So, uh, first two questions I ask every guest, who's your team if you have one? And I know you have a team, so why don't you tell the people who your team is and, and what you like about them? Um, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, uh, to my own disappointment. Uh, <laughs> I love them, but at the same time, it's, it is, it is kind of awful being a Sacramento Kings fan, especially in Ireland, because I got to watch these games at like three in the morning and it's awful. It ruins my sleep schedule. Right. And especially because, I mean, I hate to say it, but you're a realist. Like that's, that's part of the reason why I had you on this. Oh yeah, definitely. You're a realist, but a lot of those games you're watching at 3am and they're not even close games either. (laughs) Blowouts a lot of the time. (laughs) Absolute blowout. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Uh, And and how long you been a Kings fan? Was it like from day one? Well, I was born in Sacramento and I kind of, and I moved to Ireland in like 2005, but like I've always kind of just been a fan of basketball. But I'd say within the past two to three years, I really like started looking at stats and who's the head coach and who's the GM and who's doing this and paying attention to rumors and stuff. So like before that, I would have said I was more of like a casual fan. But now these past like three years, I've gotten falling head over heels for basketball. You know what I mean? Straight in. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, my second question I ask every guest get guest is what was there a specific player that like who is the player that most heavily influenced you to follow basketball um there's a lot like obviously yeah i know it's a tough question it's there's a couple people i'm sure but give me give me like your top two maybe top two or three top two or three um i think I got to say white chocolate, like Jason Williams. Like I remember watching his um, like highlights when I was super young before I even really paid attention to basketball. And just like all these elbow passes, this white guy doing all this. He's sick. I, I love white chocolate. And then I also have to say like MJ, because I feel like that just applies to everyone just based off like the Jordans and just, he's just an icon. And then Kobe as well, just because I remember shooting stuff in the bin and you know, Kobe and all that. And it's just, it's one of those things that you just say and from watching them and it kind of really, um, it put a different perspective on basketball for me, like especially white chocolate as well. Watching it's like, Oh my God, like there's no one like him. And then there's no one like MJ and then Kobe's kind of like MJ, but he's different at the same time. But yeah, I'd say those three. Right. Right. And so I, I got to give uh, some people some context on how you and I met. So, Potty and I met on Locker Room, which – so I'm in Canada, and honestly, Locker Room, it's, people are still trying to get on the wave. Like, there's not a ton of traction, at least. There's a couple people. There's a couple Canadians out there, but mainly it's Americans, a lot of Europeans. Um, but we met on Locker Room, and uh, what, why, don't you, why don't you tell me about Locker Room? Like, what do you think of Locker Room? It's been a – I've only been on for, like, what, like a month or two, but it's like a wild place for, for sports takes and – <laughs> takes in general no i like it a lot um i've only been on it for like a month too but it's like once you you're in you're like knee deep immediately like you'll go from one room where it's like really civil and 
having like an actual debate or just talking about some kind of rumor to the next one, everyone's just attacking each other over one point. So it's like <laughs> the contrast is insane. I love it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. For, and for those of you who don't know, locker room is is essentially like clubhouse, but for sports. And so you can just join into a room and people are talking about all types of different things. There was a room the other day, like Tyler Hero is better than Kobe. And a lot of people are trolling when they see that stuff, but it's a it's a fun place to be for for NBA takes and, and general sports takes. Um, man, like, so let's talk about the Kings real quick. I, I, I want to get into kind of like I mentioned in the intro, like our the times that we're in with uh, shorter season, the play-in tournament, which is really exciting. And then, you know, being – this is kind of the last – stretch of the regular season this weekend and then uh we got the playing tournament next week and then playoffs um but just on the kings real quick so the kings obviously got eliminated from the play-in tournament it was a close mm. call like there was a little bit of hope would you say that they were gonna I make mean, the play-in there was like a small mathematical chance that they might make it but it was so like it was like trying to shoot a basketball into a pinhole like it was just it wasn't really gonna happen <laughs> But yeah. overall, like with this season, like I don't know about you, but the whole season felt like a weekend. It felt so quick. But as a Kings fan, it felt like it was three years. It, it just <laughs> took so long. It took so long. Like I knew after the trade deadline, I was like, we made a few like trades. But at the end of the day, I was like, I just want the season to be over. Let's get to the lottery. Just lose these games, lose the rest, get it over it. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree. The, the season went by so fast. And, uh, the Kings, so they, they they finished, you know, bottom of the pack in the West there. Uh, a couple teams below them. They weren't dead last. I think the Rockets are, Rockets and Wolves were below them, if I recall. But yeah. they finished 30th in defensive rating. And actually, surprisingly, probably for a lot of people, 12th in offensive rating. And, I mean, they're still – I think they still have one more game, do they? Uh, so they're, yeah. they're not quite dense. That could ebb and flow a bit. But the defense is kind of like the main clinch point. And then you and I have talked about this on Locker Room. Uh, the coaching and, and and management as well have been kind of like the biggest knock for the Kings lately. Um, at this point, though, are you, are you convinced like Luke Walton is out? Oh, I was convinced last year he had to go. I was skeptical skeptical about the signing in general. I was kind of like uh, maybe like I don't know. Like he, I feel like he kind of just skated by when Steve Kerr was there, and then everything happened at the Lakers and he got a job immediately. It just seemed kind of sketchy to me, but I was like, okay, we'll roll with it. We almost made the playoffs that season anyway. So I was just expecting maybe we sneak into the eight seed or maybe we're the ninth team again. But either way, I think we got a good future going. And he comes in and I don't know what we were in pace. I think we were like the fifth in the league in pace, something ridiculous. Yeah. And he comes in, slow, slows it down immediately. Like our main strength is like, we got guys with great cardio and they're all fast, like Buddy Heald and Darren Fox, probably the fastest player in the league, comes down and slows it down. We yeah. lose our main strength. That's crazy you brought up pace because that's what I had next on my notes because uh, like two years ago, I think, the the Kings were, were leading the league in pace. Right now they're ninth. And yeah, that was the main thing when I watched Kings games this year. And for me, I mean, you might be a little jealous, but Kings games are on like at the perfect time for me. They usually start at like seven o'clock at night on the West Coast here. Oh my God. (laughs) And so like, they're like the perfect, like, you know, before bed uh, game and like the last game of the day. So uh, I've I've watched a couple tail ends of of some of the closer games. Um, I won't lie to you if it's a blowout, I won't watch it. But uh, yeah, they finished ninth in pace. And I think a lot of people were, 
are expecting them to to change that. And, and obviously, if Walton leaves, I'd love love to see a coach um, come in there and and really lean into the the assets that they have with you know the Fox and and Halliburton, who we'll talk about. Um, I heard like Mike D'Antoni. Uh, I don't think he'll actually do it, but yeah. he, his concept would be a sweet fit, I think, with uh, this Kings team. Yeah, like, uh, me, I'm kind of in between two, but at the end of the day, as long as we don't have Luke Walton, I'm okay with that. Like, I like the idea of Mike D'Antoni, but also, like, Kenny Atkinson. Like, he has experience taking young guys to the playoffs who you don't expect to go to the playoffs. Like, he did it with Brooklyn, um, and that Brooklyn team wasn't a great team. Like, if you really look at that Brooklyn team, it wasn't uh, – it was, what, D'Angelo Russell, um, all those guys dancing on the bench, Lavert. Like, it wasn't – it was a fun team to watch, don't get me wrong. But they were a first-round exit. But there's – it's so vital to get that playoff experience, especially for some like Halliburton and Fox. Like, we have our backcourt for the future. And I think any kind of experience – even playing experience is good, which uh, you can see, like – we like, I feel like I saw uh, – Monty McNair kind of make that push. Like, he's like, okay, we're a little above schedule. So, you know what? Let's just make that final push and try and make the planes. So we got Mo Harkless. You got Terrence Davis. Got DeLon Wright. Got these two good defenders. Like, I could see the idea, but it just didn't happen. Like, those guys played well for us. I'm kind of happy we got them going into next season. But I don't know. As long as we don't have Luke Walton, I'm kind of happy with anyone. As long as it's not like Jim Boylan or like Saunders or someone. Yeah. Yeah, and you you mentioned like a couple guys like Delon Wright has had a he's he's 29 years old, but he's had a really good last stretch of games for the Kings here. Uh, I mean, la- last night at, at Memphis was a bit of an exception, but um, he's been awesome. Like he's a good backup point guard, and obviously with with Fox out uh, for the last two weeks, he he stepped in in a huge way, and I, I like him kind of as a backup point guard. Uh, I like Terrence Davis too. Um, but we got we got to talk about Tyrese, man, because I know he's your boy. Is he your like he's probably your favorite prospect, maybe even player in the league right now? Would you say that? Probably, yeah. Like I'm a big Lamelo fan because I remember watching like Chino Hills and stuff. But just in terms of just everything in the NBA right now, it's got to be Tyrese Halliburton. Like there's he just he came to the league. I'm surprised he fell because I know like I'm pretty sure you do this as well. But coming up to the draft, I don't really know who's like the players bar, like maybe the top three guys that might go. So a month before the draft, I will do some kind of research. I'll look at YouTube videos. I'll watch games, whatever. And I remember watching Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm like, he's got a funky shot. He's a little skinny. But everyone has him ranked at like fourth or third best player in this. Um, some some mocks even had him going too. Like people really like Tyrese Halliburton. They're like he's the safest pick. But he fell to like, what, 12, 13? And when we yeah. took him, like, I don't know, Monty McNair, someone put out a quote, like, I think we set the record for the fastest um, uh, selection in NBA history when it came to the draft. Like, he's so efficient. His passing in the pick, just passing in general, but in the pick and roll, he's like a maestro. He's really good in the flow of the offense. Like, he just knows what to do. He's a smart guy. He recognizes mismatches, knows when someone's cu- cutting, knows when someone's under the basket. Like, his fourth quarter efficiency jumps up ridiculously like i don't know what it is something like 50 percent in the fourth quarter like he always takes over like um and then his three-point shooting like, he does have a funky shot i don't know if he's ever going to be able to like pull up off the dribble or sidestep or whatever because it takes it's kind of like a weird motion but it goes in so i don't see the point in changing it 
He's really good on defense. Like his defensive rotations are insane. Um, I think he's more suited to be like a team defender uh, rather than being like defending the best player on the other team. Just because like, I like the idea of him being that kind of free safety role, like getting deflections, bothering teams, offense, like not like fighting over picks, all that. I love that. And yeah, I just thought of this as well. Like Luke Walton started him so late. Like he, I think he only started something like 20 or 21 games out of, I don't know how many he played, maybe what, 55. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he, he started 20 games. And, and I think the big knock on Walton was like, oh, why are they study, uh, starting Buddy? But I, even for me, I, I would even play Fox, Buddy, and Halliburton at the one, two, three. I know, you know, Halliburton's kind of, he's labeled as a point guard, but I, with what you're saying, like that kind of free flowing safety is the way you, you described it. I really like that role for him. And even if, you know, I, I don't know if Buddy's going to be there next year, but I would play him and Halliburton or sorry, him and Fox together uh, every game. If I yeah. Could. Their yeah. best lineup with the best net rating, it's like 16.8 and it's Fox, Heald, Halliburton, Barnes and Holmes. I don't have all like the offensive and defensive rating in front of me, but I know it's, it's the best, obviously, because it's raining. But just watching that, the it passes the eye test. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think Holmes, we need to re-sign him um, as long as it's not something like twenty million. Um, like I would be comfortable giving him like fifteen, maybe. Um, Barnes, I I know a lot of people wanted to trade him to the Celtics and all this, but he's he's so versatile. It's hard to kind of find a player like him. Like it's if we get rid of him, we don't have anyone to step up and take his place. Like, I don't think Mo Harkless could do 10% of the things uh, uh, Harrison Barnes does. It's, he, I think we need to keep him, but I'm really open to trading Buddy Heald. Like, I, I, wouldn't be a po- I wouldn't be upset if he was gone after this offseason, you know? Yeah, and I think with uh, – you and I also talked about this on Locker Room, but with, you know, De'Aaron Fox is getting a, a $20 million raise next year with his uh, – I think it was a max, rookie scale, yeah. Ex- yeah, rookie max um, extension. So they're they're running out of, uh, you know, a lot of those twenty million dollar contracts. So yeah, I think Holmes at fifty. Bagley's, yeah, Bagley's up this offseason too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they're they're definitely gonna have to be smart with you know how they build around those guys. But yeah, I I think Barnes is Barnes Barnes is actually on a decreasing contract. So that's you know nice too. Um, but I, I like Holmes. I think Holmes gets a lot of, a lot of heat for, you know, his, his, uh, his antics and, you know, his, his yeah. hot and cold shooting, but I, I really like him a lot. He's a good player. I think he's, he's got to have at least one of the best floaters in the game, especially for his position. Oh, for like a big he, man, hundred percent. Like he, he has no hesitation shooting that up. No question. He'll float it. No, no problem. Doesn't matter who's in front of him. And it goes in. I think he's shooting like seventy percent at the rim. Something ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. But he he he's like a honestly, if you're ranking centers in the league, like he's got to be top, like top twenty at least for me. Like, there's no way. He's, yeah, at least he's a bottom he's a bottom feeder. Uh, if you're ranking like centers one through thirty, but I I like him. I he's like I like probably... the future. I like the future of this team. I like where they're going. I think everyone's just like waiting for you know, the announcement for Walter to be gone and, and for them to, <laughs> to, to kind of take a new direction. So it'll be exciting to see. And, and you like Monty McNair too, right? Yeah. Like 
I believe in him. Like, usually, like, he spent years under Daryl Morey, so he's a smart guy. And usually, like, these analytical guys find some kind of success. They might not win a championship or whatever, but they always kind of find some kind of success in whatever niche they're in. And he's our uh, GM. Um, he's made some smart moves already at the deadline, like getting DeLon right, good defender, good backup point guard. Um, I know he's getting paid like $16 million, but I'm okay with that. Um, then... Like, I'm going to save my judgment for him until after the draft and until after, like, his first real full offseason instead of, like, the one-week offseason or whatever. I'm, I'm going to save any judgment until after that. And if he if he fucks it up, then, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say something, you know. But for right now, I think he's he's done good under the circumstances he's been under. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I know you don't, uh, like you're, you're saying, and I, I don't do this either, um, but – do a lot of like pre-draft prospecting or, or scouting. Is there one player though that's caught your eye that could maybe fall to you guys if, if the lottery goes well, that you're like, ah, I think he'd be a good fit. I, I'm not too sure. Like the thing is with our team, it's like, I don't know what position. I, I know it's always best draft the best player available, but at the same time, I, I have a fear that Sean Holmes is going to go um, or that I have a feeling that they might even just trade um, Harrison Barnes. And someone I, I kind of like the idea of is Scotty Barnes. Like he looks like he could fit well on his team or even like, I doubt we get a high as a pick to take someone like Kaminga. And I know mm-hmm. he's a project player, but I think him developing with Fox and Halliburton and Bagley would be nice. And I know he'll probably take maybe two to three seasons before it becomes what we think it'll become. But I'm okay with sucking for at least another two years. And after that, I don't know. I might be looking at other franchises. Like, Right. Yeah. I, I like Scotty Barnes. I, I've only seen – I've legit seen one, <laughs> like, hoop mixtape. I've just seen the highlights. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, all, highlights. that's all I've seen. I just pulled up his stats. I mean, he's, you know, he's not shooting a ton of threes right now. He's only shooting 27%. But, I mean, that can – that can grow, but yeah, you could swap the barns for, for another barns. Um, yeah, man, man, let's, uh, I feel like, I feel like it's odd that not odd that we're talking about it, but odd with the timing. Cause I want to get to some other stuff, but this is kind of like a, uh, forecasting, you know, segment of the show. Cause I think we'll look back on this segment and be like, okay, let's see where the Kings end up. And then maybe we'll, we'll have you on a year from now and, and see what the Kings are like <laughs> next summer. But Let's get to like this playing tournament, man. Like, tell me your initial thoughts. It's obviously the first time the NBA's done it. There's been some like whispers that you know it's not legit, and you know too much on the players and the NBA's money grabbing. There's been some criticism, but I think for the general consensus of you know NBA fans and and people around the league, they're for it because you get this right now this stretch of games where. You know, you have like right now the Lakers. Every game matters. Yeah, Yeah. every game matters. Like the Lakers are in Indiana in what would have been on any other season, just like a write off game for the Lakers. But they got, you know, AD, LeBron, Schroeder. They're like playing hard because they're trying to get out of that play in. Um, And so it's interesting. Just tell me your your take and and your thoughts on, on the play in here. Like initially, like when I heard about it for the bubble, I was like, that's a cool idea. Like, I like that. The Kings might make it. Or yeah, we had the Suns go 8-0. and I was like, that, that's kind of cool. And then they kept it. And I was like, at first, like, I'm very, like, for players' rights, like most people are. And I was kind of like, this seems kind of unfair. Like, 
what if you just have an injury right before the playoffs or COVID or something and you lose in the play-in when you rightfully earned whatever seed you had. So that kind of bugged me a little bit. But then the more I kind of thought about it, like if you, I don't know what the viewership for the end of the season is for uh, before the play-in, but I would assume those like last 15 games or last 10 games, the viewership's pretty bad, I would assume. But with this play-in, like every single game matters almost. It Coming up to the stretch, like the Spurs, the Lakers, the Clippers like threw a game the other day. Like every <laughs> single game, every single game matters. And uh, now that I think about it, it's a genius idea. And I can understand like LeBron or Luka like being upset because they're like the seventh or the eighth seed or the sixth seed. Like, or like where they have like, they're, on, they're teetering between the two. I can understand like why they might dislike it, but in the grand scheme of things, it is a good idea, and I'm up for them just keeping it. Yeah, I think it. I I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it also. I don't follow a ton of other sports. I follow a little soccer, but no other league is really doing stuff like this. I I apologize if there is some league that I I don't know about. Um, I know you know the NHL, which is big in Canada here. I think had rumblings about this and man some of my homies that are hockey fans might be just shaking their head right now if the, if the nhl has this <laughs> if they do i apologize um but like no other sport has this like incentivized program to try hard at the end of the season to you know have an extra shot yeah. at, at the playoffs or or you know potentially go on a, a historic run like there's just more opportunities for more teams I think I know football has a wild card, and I think the MLB has a wild card, but I'm not too like educated on it. But I think the playing is kind of it's different to those because the playing it's it's the seventh to the tenth seed, and it's it gives those like mid market like not mid market but those like teams like the Kings. You know what I mean? They're not the worst team in the league, but they're nowhere close to being the best team in the league, and it gives them that that chance, like just that, even that thought to their fan base, they can make this, that there is a possibility they can make this. Like look at the Hornets. Who would have thought this time last year, the Hornets would be what the seventh, eighth seed. Yeah. They're eighth right now. And honestly looking like really good. And and they're probably like them in Washington are the two favorites out of the like playing tournament for the East, I think. And I'm saying that as a Celtics fan right now, <laughs> like as a Celtics fan, if we play Charlotte in, seven eight i'm like dangerous I, yeah it's dangerous like you just don't know like i i don't think i think it's like a 50 50 series at this point with with uh you know with no jalen brown and stuff yeah um, i was about to say but it's just it's just a weird thought that like thinking you know boston who is kind of seen as a top contender in the east is now like in the playing tournament and even golden state who at, at the beginning of the season uh, everyone was like, ah, no, it's going to be a write-off year. Like, Steph's coming back from injury. He's not going to be the same. Uh, Andrew Riggins isn't going to perform. No clay. Uh, and now, here they are, like, potentially probably, like, the one of the next to the Lakers, the scariest team in the play-in, I think. Like, the Lakers and the Warriors. Like, you do not want to mess with <laughs> with those guys at all in the play-in. So no, it's, definitely. It's just, it's just crazy that uh, we have that. Um, no, I, I I agree with you. Like, um, it sucks for the Celtics. They've had a real up and down season. I kind of ripped them off premature, and it's looking like it was the right decision to do, just based off like Jason Tatum's carrying an inhaler. Um, I know like we had the whole blow up of Jalen Brown, and he's really coming into his own. 
He's one of the best just perimeter defenders um, in the league. He's like super athletic. Peyton Pritchard, I love him. Like he is like I'm one of his biggest fans. Um, Kemba, he's kind of been on and off. Like he's had a few like 20 point games and but then he'll have a stretch of three games where he's not as good. And I don't know, like it's kind of been an awkward season for them. I think we just wrap it up and just get ready, get healthy for next season and just go ahead. Because you know what I mean? This wasn't this wasn't their season. And I I kind of would like to see Melo in the playoffs. I think it would be really cool. I think they'd face what the Nets. And then yeah. even if they get swept in four games, that's cool to see Melo in the playoffs. Yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying with the Kings. Like having that playoff experience is so valuable for like a young team like the Hornets who uh, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago where we talked about young cores. Like I think their oldest guy is Brad Wanamaker and like the rest of those guys are all really, really young players. You got Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, Graham, Rozier, like all those guys are relatively young. And I think Rozier would be the, the oldest out of the guys I mentioned. And you got LaMelo and PJ Washington. You got like just a young group of guys and having them, go against a team like Brooklyn, it'd be fun, right? It'd be fun to watch. It'd be fun to see. Maybe they yeah. steal one game. I don't know. Uh, but it's it's a lot more exciting scenarios that, that can be played out in the play-in tournament. Um, I mean, what you... I mean, like, if... Oh, sorry. I mean, like, no, if no, Tibbs wasn't the... If Tibbs wasn't the runaway um, coach of the year, I think mean, James Brago needs to get some kind of votes. Like, what he's done with that team, obviously, Melo helps. What he's done with that team is, is phenomenal. Like, yeah, for sure. I my only knock on Borrego is, I feel like he doesn't really run plays late game. Like he just kind of allows the Lamelo and yeah. For some reason, he loves like he does this one play where they inbound it on in their uh, side of the on on the the basket they're they're trying to score on. They inbound it to PJ Washington at the top of the three point line, and he does a bounce pass to Devontae Graham for a like Hail Mary three or <laughs> Rosier. Like, that's like their that's their end game play. That's my only knock on him. Uh, but I like him. Like, he he relatively had a you know similar roster and then had to deal with LaMelo being out as well. Um, and and he's proven he's you know he's a he's a decent coach. Your your take on Tibbs, though, I want to get to that. So, you think he's runaway coach of the year? Definitely. I, I think he's got to be. I think it's him or um, is it Monty Williams with the Suns, I think? Um, yeah. But yeah. the only reason, my only knock on Monty Williams is I don't think the Suns would be, like, is it Monty Williams or is it Chris Paul, you know? And I right. think it's a lot more to do with Chris Paul. Whereas with Tibbs, I mean, the Knicks are virtually the exact same roster. You know what I mean? And they went from one of the worst teams if not the worst team in the league, to what, the number three in defense. Um, Julius Randle is probably going to make All-NBA second or third team. Like, they've been phenomenal this season. No one thought the Knicks would be the fourth seed. Yeah, it's crazy. I I probably agree with you. I think he might, he might end up winning it. I, for some reason, just like giving uh, Quinn Snyder some credit because Quinn Snyder just had the pretty much the exact same roster. And he's still able to, you know, have like one of the best regular seasons that their franchise has seen in Utah. So I give him some credit because, yeah, the the Monty thing is like, yeah, how much of it is Chris Paul? How much of it is DeAndre Ayton not missing like the first 20 or 25 games due to, you know, drug testing? Uh, yeah. Or, Devin, you know, Devin Booker, you know, coming about and 
And yeah, there's like, oh, totally. Yeah, the Mikhail Bridges uh, hype's been super real. Like, he's like all all campaign. They've had so many, the Dario Sarge, they had. Yeah, they just had guys just emerge out of nowhere. And, and which, which, you know, you, you can credit to, to Monty Williams, I'm sure. But how much of that is just those players being in the right situation? Cause like, campaign, Sarge, like those guys have bounced around the league a little bit, you know, campaign's been on. Like the Mavs, the Raptors, Sarich on the Wolves, Sixers, um, and just had you just see kind of a new uh, they've kind of like rebranded themselves, if you will. Yeah, and, and it's been interesting to see. Like the reason I put it on Chris Paul is like, look what he did with OKC. Like they were they had what like a point two percent chance or something making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I know they lose in the first round, but look look at. It's invaluable, all those young guys in OKC getting that experience. Like Lou Dort, uh, Shea, like all these guys playing like under the tutelage of Chris Paul. Like arguably one, not even arguably, he's one of the best point guards to ever play. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. And 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 it's not to discount uh, Tibbs at all. Like what he's done is just incredible. Like the Julius Randle uh, emergence has been unbelievable. Like unlocking Julius Randle and Barrett a bit is just like that in and of itself. No one like would have, would have seen that coming for, for Julius Randle to be like in contention for, like you said, like all NBA. If you, like, so, if someone would have said that at the beginning of the season, it'd be like, are you kidding me, bro? Like that, there's no way. So it's, it's insane to see. They've had what, some good pieces too. Like yeah, yeah. Nerlens Noel. No oh. one like, who would have awesome. thought Nerlens Noel? Yeah, seriously. I, I had a Budim on. He's a big Knicks fan. I'm sure you've seen him on NBA Twitter. Uh, he talked, like, we talked in depth about Noel. Like, Noel's defensively has just been a, an absolute stud. And honestly, like, they're paired right now with the Bucks at the 3 6. That's going to be a hell of a series, I think. Like, that's going to be super interesting because yeah, having the rim protection of Noel against, like, Giannis and stuff like that, I think that's going to, you know, come into play. Drew Holiday. Maybe they put Drew Holiday on Julius Randle. I'd love to see that. And yeah, it'd be it'd be a, such a good series. Um, what is like an underrated storyline that that you're kind of monitoring this playoffs? Like, what what do you think is something that's going under the radar? Uh, like Chris Paul is probably like an example of like a not I wouldn't say overrated, but like a popular story. It's like man, this guy's just a winner wherever everywhere he goes. You know, he's on a winning team. I uh, takes teams to the playoffs. What's like a, a story that you kind of see kind of flying under the radar going into the, this playoffs or playing for that matter? I, I think I have a few and I know we do this every year. Every, you, you have to be afraid of Damian Lillard in the playoffs. You, you just have to be. And I know it probably is getting talked about somewhere. And I know everyone does it every, before every single playoffs, Damian Lillard, CJ. But I wouldn't, even though I think Denver is probably going to win that handily. I, they're not going to go out without a fight. Like, Damian Lillard is that man. Um, if CJ can step up too, which, I mean, he got injured. It took him a while kind of to find his form again. But, like, Portland, uh, I, I like them um, as well. I don't know how I feel about uh, Atlanta. Um, I can see them making um, a push, but at the same time, I could see him getting bounced out the first round. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the two. Yeah, the Lillard one's super interesting because, I mean – everyone's kind of thinking the same thing with Lillard. Like it's like, yeah, he's, he's that guy. Like he's proved he's, you know, 
Mr. Fourth Quarter, whatever you want to call it, like Dame Time. But, man, their defense, like I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, Kings are 30th in defensive rating. Portland's 29th, and they're a sixth. Yeah. Like, that's insane. And so, you know, a lot of that can be blamed on different different which ways. You want to blame Ennis Canner. You want mm. to blame Nurkic. You want to blame Terry Stotts. You want to blame that backcourt that you mentioned. Uh, but they just not there defensively. And, man, like, they, they kind of got robbed. Uh, last night against the Suns, I don't know if you saw that yeah. that clip. So they they just they just seem to like run into have these these bad luck streaks and yeah. But there's no there's no doubt that you know Portland is 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 always slept on and well, well I hope they surpass expectations this year. Um, Atlanta is like interesting man because like no one's talking about them. They're they're a four seed right now. Um, and there's a I think they're like a three weight tie with the four, five, six right now with Atlanta, Miami, and and the Knicks. But yeah, yeah no one, no one's really talking about the Hawks. Like they're a forty one team already, and I think Bogdanovich is probably, I would say, has been the biggest like uh, factor outside of Trey as of late, like helping out Trey Young because I don't think Trey could, you know, carry this team. I might be yeah. a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think Trey carries this team to forty wins like on his back, like by himself, like he needs a guy like well, yeah, Bogdanovich. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think of the Hawks though? I mean, obviously I'm a Bogdanovich fan. We had him here. Um, we bought oh, that. Oh yeah. Box I forgot trade. about that. I forgot about that. Damn. But I just think, um, I'm not going to give no, uh, like credit to the Hawks front office, but I kind of will at the same time. Like they spent money. They're one of the, they're probably the biggest player in the off season. Like, Get, getting uh, Bogdanovich, getting all these guys. You hear that? Yeah, you got a little siren there. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's construction going on. I don't know. What it uh, is. But um, <laughs> it's it's but, Travis. It's but Travis Schlenk coming to, to to roast you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but the Hawks, like I I like their odds. John Collins has been good. Clint Capella's been phenomenal too. Like I kind of had written Clint Capella off when he got traded. I was like. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him, but he's been great for this team, especially beside um, John Collins, you know, make it, uh, cleaning up any of those mistakes. And John Collins is playing for that max contract. He wants that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the Capella piece is interesting. I I was, like, very early on the Capella hype train. Like, I said I had a very hot take at the beginning of last season saying he was going to be defensive player of the year. And this year he probably, for me, like would finish like fifth or sixth. If I had to do like defensive player of the year awards. And I, I don't think it's crazy that like in two or three years, he could be like that, you know, close to go bear level of like rim protector and defensive, like juggernaut for, you know, Atlanta mm. or, if he, or if he gets moved. Um, but I, I really like Capella. I'm I'm probably a bit too high on him still, but yeah, they, they, they've been good. I just think their bench is probably the biggest question mark right now. They they got like Hunter hurt, Cam Reddish is hurt. So their their bench units are like a Kongu who's been good and um Tony yeah. Snell, Brandon Goodwin. I just don't know if they have enough like firepower to like keep up with uh, like Miami's bench, but I mean at the same time that I'm just looking at that matchup right now. There's not a lot like it's just kind of the the core guys that you mentioned on the Hawks, then the core guys on Miami going going at it. So it's going to be interesting to yeah. see for sure. Like there's not With a ton Oladipo of bench out there. too. Yeah, man. Like let's talk about that real quick. Like 
I I just I saw that I was just like, man, like I'm not I wasn't surprised, and I was kind of upset that I wasn't surprised. So I'm like, man, you like what what do we got to do here? Like, do you just need to take like a full year off? Like, there's so much hype yeah. around you. Like, you're kind of advertising yourself as this like game changer type player, and yeah, you just can't seem to get past injury bugs. So I don't know. Like, it's kind of upsetting to think about. Like, I really, I really like Victor Oladipo. Like, at one point, I don't know where you'd rank him, but he was definitely top-tier two-way player in the league. Like, he was that guy. And he was only young. I don't know, how, what was he, 26 at the time, 27? Um, yeah, he, you're talking like that one, year in, yeah, that one year in Indiana where he was going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. Like, I wish, like, he was on, like, three teams this season, so I'm going to cut him some slack. This year's kind of been awkward. I don't really think – I think he came back too early from his injury. I think just write him off for next season, let him rehab, do his thing, and just come back, and they slowly bring him back in. Because I think he can still – like, he's, he's still going to be a rotation guy. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that, what was it, all-star season he had. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if there's a hot take, but probably top 15 in the league at that time. Like, he was that guy. And it's just oh, upsetting. Easily. It's always – it's just – it's not – you know what I mean? It's like – I'm not going to say he's Dwight Howard, but you know when you see, like, these stars and now they get older or they're just injury-prone they're just, like, Derrick Rose, it's just kind of upsetting. It's like, damn, all that potential just gone. Oh, yeah. The the D-Rose thing is I th- I was watching the – First of all, I, I agree with everything what you're saying with Oladipo, and I don't think it's a hot take that he was top 15. That I forget what year it was, 17 or 18, where he was just going yeah, crazy in Indiana. Like he was having like first team All NBA defense talk, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, the Derrick Rose thing, man. Like these older players that are are kind of even Blake Griffin. I'm like, oh, this is like weird to watch. Like it's weird watching Blake now because I'm like, you were so good and. The D Rose thing, like I was watching the Knicks play the Lakers uh, in LA, and D Rose was just like limping, like the fourth quarter. And you know Tibbs, right? So he's not pulling him out. Like he is playing yeah. this dude to the, like he's running him into the ground, and he is limping, like he's hitting his little floaters, but you can tell he's struggling. And it's just like sad to see, man. It's just like, oh man, and I, I would hate that. It sucks. Yeah, I would hate to see that, you know, for any player, but Oladipo too, like, because, you know, there's so much, like, media around that, like, Paul George trade and Sabonis is playing well and Oladipo are playing well, like, it just sucks to see, man, it sucks. I hope um, Clay Thompson comes back and is decent. Yeah. Like, that's, what, that's a worry for me. What do you think, I, I've talked about this with a couple people, like, Clay's, like, if you're saying 100% to you know how he was when he before he went down in that Raptor series, like what percentage of Clay do you think you're, you're we're gonna see next season? I'm, I mean, he didn't break his hand or anything. I think he's still gonna be an elite shooter, top of the league. Um, he, he might be rusty for a little bit. He's been off for two years, um, but I don't think he's gonna be as good on the defensive end as he used to be. Um, just because like that, the foot movement and running around like that's another thing like i don't know is he still gonna be able to fly off screens and like duncan robinson-esque shooting it you know like i don't i i don't know i i just want to wait for him to get on the court like i'm waiting for that day patiently yeah. 
So what, what what do you think? Like sixty five percent, or do you think a bit higher? I don't like. I know I it's, a t- say it's a tough. It's a tough call. It's a, oh really? Okay. I was gonna yeah. say like forty percent, but I'm hoping like if he can get to at least, yeah, if he can get to at least sixty five percent, I'll be happy. But realistically, like those two like lower body injuries are the worst like you can get, especially for this kind of thing. Um, at worst, I feel like. It'll be 40, and he'll just be a spot-up shooter, a really overpaid spot-up shooter. But I hope he can get to at least 65 to 75. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's I'm probably in the same vein. I, I said best-case scenario, he'd be at like 80 to 85% of, of what we know Clay to be, but I think that might be a little too optimistic. And, you know, mm. you, brought, you brought up his contract, like, briefly there. Man, like, talk about, like, timing of when he signed that contract because he signed it like, pretty much <laughs> – right before everything hit the fan for him and man it'd be a lot different of a conversation if you know he he didn't have as 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 lucrative a contract as he has and he's trying to come back but i think the the warriors are smart enough that they're gonna like cater their playing style to him like they already cater so much to to their stars of you know curry and and draymond so i think they'll find a way to like like you said just make him a a spot-up shooter um, and you know, I don't think they're gonna demand the world out of him. So, I, I'm excited to have him yeah. back. That's for sure. I feel like he's got more feisty too. You know, he's 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 done a couple like mid game uh, commentating and stuff like that. He's oh um, yeah. You remember he called out Rodney Magruder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's a little pissed off too coming back. So I'm excited to see like more pissed off Clay. Um, Definitely. Man, give me your. Just off the top of your head, your hottest take in the NBA right now. Ooh, not, take. Lu- not lukewarm, not like, ah, I can see that. But, like, give me a, a hot take. You want scorching hot? <laughs> um, yes, scorching. I still – okay, I got two here. I know, yeah, I still don't think um, – I don't know if this is hot or not. I still don't think uh, Ben Sims and Joel Embiid is a long-term answer for Philly. Okay. Yeah, that that's probably a hot take. I feel like a lot of a lot of people would be like would disagree because of their record, like being the one seed and mm. Simmons uh, getting some like uh, Depoy hype. Which I we can talk about that real quick. Do you think that's valid? Because I personally, this is probably my hot take. I don't think Simmons should be like a real candidate for for Defensive Player of the Year. Same in the same boat as me. I think it's Rudy Gobert. I think it's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut. And and this, you know, this season, if anything, has kind of taught me centers are becoming more valuable again. Because you look at, like, Gobert, Embiid, Jokic, like, these guys are all candidates in, in the awards. And Simmons, I think, is a great perimeter defender. And, you know, he's pesky. He can poke the ball away. But I don't think he's, like, the defensive anchor of that team. Like I would argue Embiid is yeah. a defensive anchor. You got Fiebel there. Like you got Danny Green. Like you got guys, even Tobias Harris, like they play a team defense. And I don't think you can just credit Simmons so much for, you know, his yeah. house, house of highlights, stealing the ball or like stripping someone and doing a dunk. Like, you know, that's just such a small part of, of Philly's defense. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like at the end of the day, as good as it is to be, like a lockdown, one-on-one, on-ball defender. At the end of the day, 
team defense and rim protection are the most important things on defense, especially rim protection. And Joel Embiid is there cleaning up. Like, Rudy Gobert, after him, it's what, Royce O'Neal and then no one. You know, maybe Mike Conley, but you know what I mean? It's really Rudy Gobert is the anchor for that team. Philly has a lot of great defenders, and they they – I, if Ben Simmons makes a mistake, he's got all these people here to help him out. Rudy Gobert can't afford to make mistakes on the defensive end. He's such a threat. Like people throw these long, super high floaters over him because they know their shots can get blocked. And he's one of these guys. It's like he's willing to get dunked on. Like he will be willing to get dunked on to to block a shot. Like he's not gonna. Just, you know, like he, he is defensive player of the year book closed 100% Rudy Gobert yeah I, I I agree and even you brought up the the you know he's willing to get dunked on Ben Simmons just doesn't seem like that type of guy like he seems like just a guy who's more concerned about uh you know looking good and like and on Twitter like, and stuff yeah like the cool guy the cool guy in the league uh he just doesn't seem like that guy but yeah I, I agree okay. and, 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 don't don't okay. get it twisted though. Like I like Ben Simmons, Angel Embiid. I like right, the whole right, right. homegrown aspect. Like I always prefer uh, born not brought teams. Like how the Celtics have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They drafted him. How all these I love that. I love that about uh, the NBA. But the whole thing with Simmons, like I like him as a player. But at the end of the day, it's so hard to go as it's just so far hard to go far in this league if you don't have a jump shot. And it's not even that he doesn't have one. He's just not even willing to take it. You yeah. Know? Oh, 100%. I 100% agree with you. Um, okay, you, you got one more hot take or what? Um, I was going to – I don't know necessarily this is a hot take, but I was going to say um, the Bucks have the best roster in the league. Really? Okay, I, that probably – I think so. Hot take. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably hotter than the first one. I like that. Okay, explain. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people complain about the Drew Holiday uh, contract, but – they didn't have a choice, you know. They sent how many first round picks to the Pelicans? A ridiculous yeah. amount. Yeah, like four or five all these. And they and he was a free agent after the season. They only traded for him because they messed up with the Bogdanovich uh, signing trade with the Kings. And that's who that's who um Giannis wanted specifically. He couldn't get him. He's coming up to his supermax. I always knew he was gonna sign, but they want that security so they get true holiday one of the best defenders in the league, super versatile. Um, and they gave him what? I don't know how – they gave him a max. Yeah. Um, but I was, think, was, you know, I I think Drew Holiday is what, 31, 30? Like, yeah, he's 30. How old is he? he he's 30. Like, he'll be, what, 33 after – like 33, 34 at the end of this contract? I don't think it's necessarily that bad. But when you look at their roster, obviously, I think Giannis is the best player in the league. So I'm going to just say that. So Giannis, Chris Middleton, who is criminally underrated. Um, I don't know how he oh, was in an all-star sure. this year. For sure. He, he's 26 and 6, basically, on basically 50-40-90, and a phenomenal defender. Um, he He's probably the best number two in the league. Oh, no, no, I take that back. He's not, he's not the best number two in the league, but he's he's up there. He's up there. Uh, you, mean, you mean like second just, option? And, well, no, they're like obviously oh, like, AD is a second option, but you know what I mean. Like he's yeah, just yeah. up there, right, right, right. Um, and then if you look at their roster, like Bobby Portis, 
Bobby Porter's giving you 10 minutes a night. Who would have thought he'd be productive? You know, like him giving you 10 to 20 minutes a night um, in a restricted sort of, uh, like he's confined to only doing certain things. Like he's been good. Like, I, I like that. Brent I was Forbes more excited, too. like Brent Forbes, like when they had, and PJ Tucker, um, when they had, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, DJ Augustine. I was yeah. kind of like, uh, I was like, oh yeah, they didn't need that. They needed a ball handler. They needed some kind of guy, but he just, he wasn't good for them. You know what I mean? And didn't, they didn't have Tory Craig at one point and they sent him to the Suns. For cash. Um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I, and then the Dante DiVincenzo, he's another good defender. Like they have a really good team. I like this team a lot. Brooke Lopez, I think he took a step back this season. Um, but then again, I don't, I'm not going to blame him for that. He's what, 34 or something? Yeah, he's 33. Uh, he's, I like him a lot. Um, as well as that, I think Giannis should probably be playing center. But overall, I really like Milwaukee's team. I think they're probably the best team in the league. I know people say the Nets, the Lakers, or whatever. But what I mean by the best is they're really well balanced. Like, they're super well balanced. The Nets are a really good team. But at the same time, who who on their team is going to step up defensively? I know defense is a team thing, but you get what I mean. And then the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of LeBron, AD, and then everyone else you know like Montrezl Harrell took a step back I like Schroeder but I don't see him being on this team after this season so I'm, I'm gonna say Milwaukee's the best team okay I like that a lot I like that a lot um and I even going back to the Bogdanovich thing I saw a tweet circular circulating around uh NBA Twitter and they were saying you know if Bogdanovich was on this team for you know I whoever you could take one of those other role guys, how much more their chances, you know, are people they would be favored more heavily. Um, but I don't yeah. think it's crazy to what you're saying. I don't know if I would agree just on the fact that like of their track record in the playoffs, that's my only thing, but I don't, yeah, I don't but, think, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I asked for a hot take and you, and you delivered. So <laughs> yeah, my, my last question and I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> You kind of alluded to it, I, and I don't know if this is your answer, uh, but the most underrated player in the league for you. So you said, you know, Middleton's criminally underrated. Do you do you think he's the most underrated, or is there someone else that you would say? I mean, he, he's criminally underrated for the level of star he is. Like he's made an all-star team, and he does get some kind of recognition. I just meant that in the aspect of, like, when you talk about stars and you talk about All-NBA, he's not in the conversation when he rightfully should right. be, you know? Right, right, yeah. Um, but if I was to say underrated off the top of my head, I would say kind of like the TJ McConnell, the whole Memphis Grizzlies roster, really. Um, they've yeah, got like that's Desmond a good one. Payne, Grayson Allen. But really, I would say like Thad Young and like Yakov Pertle, like they're like the two I think that are so under the radar. No one's really paying. Yakov Pertle, like he, he's not flashy at all. He does what he's asked to do, but he does it well, like rim protection. He has the kind of go bear thing in him where he's willing to get dunked on to block a shot. He doesn't care about being on a poster. He's good at the pick and roll. I think he's like 70% or 74% at the rim. He's a good rebounder. He can get like, I think, up to like three offensive rebounds a game or something. Um, he, I like him. And then Thad Young, I never, like, I never really paid attention to Thad Young before he was on the Bulls. And Oh my God. Like I never knew he was this good of a passer, like especially off the elbow or the top of the key or even out of the post. And they constantly have like people cutting around him. Sometimes he makes plays off the dribble. He's a good defender. He's 
probably, I would say maybe he's the best defender on that Bulls team. I, w- I wish he was a better shooter, but I think with the assists and the rebounding and all the cutting he does, it kind of makes up for it. So, yeah, I would say those two. Yeah, those are those are really good good picks. I think with Thad, man, like I don't know if he'll actually get it, but he's in serious considerations for six man of the year for me. Um, but just because of his situation and the fact that he plays for the Bulls, I don't know if the NBA is going to reward, you know, that type of player when, you know, there's mm. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson or, or some of these other guys that have kind of been going around. But I think he's like definitely deserving of, of six men of the year. And uh, for for being a guy who's, you know, at, kind of at the tail end of his career, he's had an incredible season. So I, I think that's really yeah, good, definitely. a good pick for underrated. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Uh, that's all I got, man. I, I was looking at my notes. I was gonna, ready to go to the next question, but that's all I got. Uh, thank you for, for coming on, bro. I, I appreciate you coming on the, the hot takes and uh, I'll put I'll put your Twitter in the show notes. So if people want to go see some more hot takes from from potty, they, they can. <laughs> um, and man, the, the last thing, when are we going to see more Irish players in the NBA? Oh, I mean, there's that guy, Aiden uh, Iganu. I think he was at Louisville, but then he transferred to, I think, uh, like Grand Canyon or GCU or whatever. Oh, yeah, GCU, um, yeah. I, I, hope, I hope he can make the NBA. I think it'd be cool. Um, yeah. A lot but... of Irish people are, like, 5'9", so I don't see them making it to the league. <laughs> but uh, right. I hope he can. I hope he can. Yeah, yeah. There's one of the Celtics assistant coaches, uh, Jay Langara, I think he, he – like played in the league and he he's Irish, I believe. So that's probably the only guy I, w- I would know off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I've heard the name. I've heard the yeah. name. There's another guy, I think called Pat Byrne who played for like the Suns in like 2004. He was like a big man, but he was like born in Ireland, but went to the U S when he was like six. And then he like played hockey. I don't know it too well, but yeah, he oh, played okay. for the Suns. He was like the 10th man on the rock. Like, you know what I mean? Didn't yeah, really yeah. get playing time. Right, right. Well, hopefully we'll see more, man, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you back on the show in on another episode. And uh, enjoy the the playing tournament. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll uh, talk to you, you soon. You too, Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Bye.